0: so much for transitory inflation it's here and doesn't seem to be going anywhere and prices are only going up on today's show we've got some ideas for you to fight back against inflation and still retire on time
1: welcome in to the retirement referee with steve caruso Welcome in, everybody. This is The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall, and this is the show where we blow the whistle on financial fouls. Steve is a best-selling author. Cookie Cut This is his book. Uh, He is uh, 20-plus years in the business. He's a fiduciary, helping folks get to and through retirement. That's what it's all about. And, uh, Steve, hi, how are you? Hi, Steve. How are you doing? Doing well, thank you. And, boy, we're going to start on a happy topic, right? Inflation. (laughs) Well, <laughs> it's front and center it, in everyone's
0: mind. It so, really
1: uh, is. I mean, that's it's it's amazing that it's having such a huge impact. And I think it's because, well, as you said before, I mean, you know, the last 10 years, we haven't seen inflation. So for a lot of people, this is brand new. Right. Yeah.
0: No, I mean, for, for most working adults, they haven't really had inflation to deal with throughout their entire career. Right. Um, because inflation has been relatively low um, since, you know, basically the mid-90s. Um And even even, you know, before that, in the in the 80s and early 90s, it wasn't really super high like it is uh, right now. Sure.
1: Well, and again, I think even as we as we get into retirement there, no matter what the market's doing, we, we still need to or we still should have some money out there to invest in the long term. Right.
0: Well, it's so important to have something invested for growth. And that's why you can't use these cookie cutter solutions or um these rules of thumb because if you're in one of these target date funds and you're said your retirement date is 2025 well guess what they're going to put you all in bonds well is bonds a good investment right now with interest rates going up bond prices move opposite interest rates and then inflation is is cutting into your real return so in bonds your actual real return is negative uh but for a lot of retirees who just kind of set it and forget it that they're they're stuck in a portfolio that's going to be losing them money over time and they're going to see their purchasing power erode. So it's important to have a, a piece carved out for growth, and you want to determine what the what that piece is and, and the right way to. Um, to segment your assets.
1: Sure. And, you know, no matter what, uh, you know, inflation, (laughs) technically inflation went down from March to April from 8.5 to (laughs) 8.3. I'm not sure that two points make a difference (laughs) in anything that that we can see. But uh, I mean, again, I guess that's something to say. But there is a new Gallup poll out, Stephen, in it. Uh, It shows that more Americans are getting more worried about their finances, particularly retirees. Here's Lillian Wu with the story. Americans are more likely today than they were a year ago to report being very or moderately worried about finances, according to a new Gallup poll. Out nearly two thirds of those surveyed are concerned about having enough money for retirement. More than half are worried about maintaining their standard of living, and forty percent are stressed about paying monthly bills, up from thirty two percent last year. The findings reverse the improvement seen last year. I mean, to me, the biggest uh, the biggest number there was affecting retirees. Two thirds of retirees say. They're, you know, they can't do it. Yeah. Well, no, here's, there's a couple of things that play
0: into that. Number one, if you're nearing retirement and you just say you're in your car right now and you just filled up your tank, probably cost you something like 55, $60 to fill your tank. Sure. Um, So psychologically, it feels like, oh my God, how am I going to support this if I don't have an income? The other thing that really has impacted retirees in a negative way, and this happens Uh, it reminds me a little bit of like 2008 when it happened as well. Um, the market, the stocks that have been down are the stocks that most retirees own. So the NASDAQ dropped, you know, close to 30% and those are companies primarily like Apple and Microsoft and Google that everyone owns. And so, um, you know, a lot of the companies that have done well recently, like the oil and gas companies are not the stocks that people have owned recently. You know, most people most people haven't been in the Exxon mobiles of the world. They've been more in Apple and and Facebook and and companies like that. Sure. So you know, if 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 that's your IRA account, then you're you're tend to be a little bit more worried and think that hey, I don't have what I need to retire, and so. If you've, if you've properly segmented your assets, then you, you, you realize, all right, well, this money that's in the stock market, I have time for it to come back, even if I'm going to retire. But if you were just kind of investing and you were, and I, I see this all the time when I meet with people for the first time, oh, I was so close to my number. I had, you know, I wanted to get my portfolio to a million or two million, whatever the number is that they had in their head. And I was right there and then it, it dropped. And now I, I don't know when I'm going to be able to get there again. So I'm, I'm going to delay retirement. And that's what people do when the market is is bad. Now, you couple that. That happens in general whenever you have a really bad stretch in the market. People start thinking about delaying retirement. But in particular, when you couple that with inflation, um, you know, it, it, really, it really sets retirees back and makes them very nervous.
1: So one of the things that we can do, and, and, and I'm sure that uh, we've talked about this, is is – folks are delaying claiming social security because they're going to get more money. I mean, it's, it's a little more complicated than that, but let's talk about that for a second.
0: Yeah. So when you delay social security for every year, you wait between your full retirement and age 70, you can't delay it past age 70. Um, your benefits going to grow by 8%. That's a government, essentially a government guaranteed 8% annually. So your investment accounts are probably not growing at 8%. Uh, or they may for a stretch, but they they may you may have a period like this year where they're down. And so when you have inflation climbing and you start to think about, well, this is the only this is going to be one of my major income sources. I want to make it as big as possible. And so, you know, you, you start thinking more more along the lines of delaying Social Security. Especially if you've done the proper asset segmentation to where you have enough money liquid, you know, for the next, if you're 67 for the next three years of retirement, if you have that sitting in in liquid assets, getting you one to 2%, um, much better to delay Social Security and get the 8% and spend down that 1% money.
1: Sure. So what else can we do, Steve, to sort of hedge against inflation, if that's even a, the, something that we can do, especially as we get into that, you know, like you call it the retirement red zone. I mean, it's it's a difficult line to walk. And and what do we do in a situation like this? So if,
0: if you haven't done a plan, the first thing to do is to do a plan. Right. Um, to make sure you understand why you own what you own and what it's actually doing for you. And so the stock piece or the growth piece of your portfolio is what's supposed to help you keep pace with inflation. And in theory, the stock market, not every year, obviously this year, the market's down. But over time, the stock market should keep pace with inflation. And so what you want to do is you want to carve out the money that you're going to need in the next three to five years and put it into something like the stable value fund inside your 401k. That can also work. So. Um, the key is to have that safety blanket so that if the market stays down for a prolonged period of time, you can keep your money invested. Because in the long run, when we look out 10 years, chances are that stock investment is going to keep help you keep pace with inflation and you'll be able to peel off growth from it to account for the rising costs. And so that's, that's something that we do with all of our clients. And we... Um, and if you sit down with us and put together a plan, you know we will we will do that for you. And we offer we offer the ability for our listeners to to get in touch with us and sit down and do a plan. It's complimentary. We will uh, go through what your projected retirement expenses are and what your proper segmentation is, so that you know. Hey, look, this is the amount of money I should have to kind of fight inflation with. This is my long term kind of growth oriented money, and knowing what what you have to to fight the inflation with, then you you feel a little bit more peace of mind and you're, you're less likely to, to panic when things like the market going down or prices
1: going up uh, strike. You'll get the comprehensive financial review. There's no cost. There's no obligation. It's just an opportunity to sit down and create that retirement roadmap. It helps get you to where you need to be. And when you walk out, you will have that roadmap. And it's a phone call away. 800-705-9995. Again, 800-705-9995. When we
0: come back, we'll continue our discussion on inflation with some more tips on how you can tackle rising costs.
1: We're back on the retirement referee with Steve Caruso. I'm consumer advocate Steve. So we blow the whistle on financial fouls. And boy, right now there's some there's some foul stuff going on, Steve. Uh, uh you know, what do you think? I mean, we're talking inflation here, and that's a that's certainly a hot topic today. And and we were just talking about, you know, how Social Security, you know, depending on when you when you take that, you were just talking about building that plan with you know segmenting your money. That's such an important piece to this puzzle. And the elephant in the room, kinda, of is healthcare expenses because you want to talk healthcare inflation? Poof, way outpacing yeah. our inflation.
0: Yeah, so the, this is one of the things that always um gets people's attention in terms of when Fidelity puts together this survey that they do every year, and they're saying now that it will take three hundred thousand dollars to cover the cost of healthcare and retirement. And so, you know, I don't know if you have older parents or or, or people that you've seen go all the way through retirement. But this really does happen. This is not some type of pie in the sky thing that people make up to, um, to try and scare you into saving for, for healthcare costs. You are going to incur higher medical costs in retirement, even if you're a healthy person, because your premiums are gonna go up probably at twice the rate of the cost of living, maybe even three times, the rate of your cost of living on your social security and the cost of living on your pension if you have one. So, you know, this is not this is not something that's not going to impact you. Number one. Number two, um, medicines, if you're not healthy, are extraordinarily expensive. Um, You know, my parents, my dad is turning uh, 84 in about a week or so. And, you know, he his medicine costs him even after all of the insurances and whatnot um, is costing him about $600 a month. And so, you know, that's, he needs it. He, you know, he can't basically live without it. So, um, he's not going to not pay for his medicine, but it's, it's important. It's important to, uh, to realize that there are going to be healthcare costs in retirement. And it's not just long-term care. So some people think, well, if I ever, you know, if I get dementia or whatnot, you know, I think I've told that story before where I had the client tell me, he said, I have a long-term care plan. It's called the Smith and Wesson. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um,
1: so, <laughs> yeah.
0: but the, you know, like the, there are, there are other costs that are associated with, with uh, aging and they get expensive. And so carving out money and setting it aside for future healthcare expenses is critical. Now, luckily for you, if you're still working, you can open an HSA which is a health savings account. This is different than a flexible spending account. Flexible spending account you have to you have to spend it all that year. HSAs allow you to to contribute and defer the money and use it down the road. So it's sort of like almost like having a, a Roth IRA for um for healthcare. The difference is the HSA, the money comes in pre-tax and then you can actually withdraw it tax free. So no it's it's like a Kind of the nuclear weapon of saving for healthcare costs, and so if you're not doing that, and um, no one has talked to you about it, that's that's something that you should definitely that's something you should definitely look at doing, and it's one of those things that will definitely help you down the road. The other thing you can do is set aside some money um, within your growth portfolio specifically to earmark for for rising healthcare costs down the road. So a lot of times people will call this, and I talk about this in my book. A lot of people call things unexpected expenses that can be reasonably expected. Um, You know, so as you age, you you might need a hip replacement or a knee replacement. Um, So you can plan for that, right? So I I think I had a client that just had a hip replacement. Um, I think they said that they saw the bill and it was uh, you know their insurance covered eighty percent of it, but it was $150,000 for the hip replacement wow so you know that's their responsibility is the other 20% right so that's um you know if you're not if you're not thinking about that or if you're saying oh i can get by with just medicare part b i don't need a supplement plan or you know if you're not really adequately protecting yourself against the risk because you think oh i'm never going to need it we're we're all going to need it at some point so it's just silly to, to deny that you're going to need it.
1: Right, exactly. And again, you know, with the HSA, like you said, you can, you know, the money goes in, you know, pre-tax and comes out with no tax. And the the beauty of, of an HSA to me is the fact that if I start early enough, you know, if I'm starting in my early 50s and I know I'm going to have a high deductible plan and I start putting that money in every year. I mean that's that's gonna be a a really really big help and plus that money can be invested that money can grow,
0: yeah absolutely you can be invested in the market it's 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 really like a super duper roth i r a but that or like a super duper five twenty nine that is used for healthcare care whereas a five twenty nine obviously is used for college expenses right um but that's it's it's really it's really critical if if you have that available to take advantage of it, because you will, you will need that money down the road and why not get the tax advantage?
1: Yeah. Why not? Uh, 800 705 That's the number you can call folks. So we talk about, uh, you know, you mentioned bonds earlier. That's not really a, a thing right now. Well, it is, but, uh, so let's talk about these tips and I bonds. Is that something we should talk about? Yeah.
0: So tips stand for treasury inflation, protected securities. And what those are is they're basically like a treasury, but then they, they give you an, uh, an adjustment each year based on the, uh, the consumer price index. So you're getting adjusted for inflation. And so they're going to, in an environment like the one that we're in now, um, tips are going to pay. If you had to be in bonds, tips are a lot better way to go than, than standalone treasuries. There's also I-bonds. Um, now, for, for most people, you can only really buy $10,000 worth. Um, but it's still worth considering doing because the I bonds are paying 9.62%. And you know, that's on the bonds that if you purchase them now between now through October of 2022, 9.62% is pretty attractive.
1: That's pretty good.
0: Yeah, so even if it's only on $10,000, say you have 125,000 in the bank, right? Yeah. Um, And the bank is giving you a 10th of a percent. Well, now if you carved out 10,000 and got 9.62 9.62 on it that brings the overall yield on your safe money up significantly and so uh, you have to look at it as one kind of pool of money of or or one you know one uh section of your assets and so getting a 9.62% return rate of return um definitely brings up Uh, your return on your other conservative assets.
1: All right. Well, again, these are all very good things to know, especially right now when we're kind of walking a thin line here with inflation and, and all of the stuff that's going on. Uh, Let's go ahead and invite folks to call Steve.
0: Yeah. So we, um, we sit down with our listeners. We offer the opportunity for you to call in, put together a plan. We would love to hear from you. Um, If if inflation has got you thinking about, you know, can you retire? um, Maybe like many of my clients, your house has also inflated in cost and you're thinking to yourself, well, if mortgage rates are going to go up, maybe it's smart for me to sell now and capitalize on the the high price of my home and and rent uh, and then maybe prices drop later and I could go back in and buy with with the cash that I'm going to get from selling my home now. Sure. So these are the types of strategies that we can work out for you in in a plan and give you, you know, do some of that kind of scenario analysis and really give you peace of mind and give you a roadmap to where you need to be
1: that sounds fantastic it's a phone call away steve Uh, 800-705-9995 you'll get that comprehensive financial review there's no cost there's no obligation but as steve just said you'll get a roadmap that can help get you to where you need to be 800-705-9995 again 800-705-9995 we live life in stages
0: and one of the last frontiers most of us will experience is going into retirement with some solid planning and attention to detail The road to retirement should be smooth.
1: Hey, we're back on The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. Steve, of course, best-selling author, cookie-cut this, the retirement distribution strategies for the nonconformist. He is a non-practicing member of the California Bar, and uh, you have uh, Laurel Wealth Solutions, and your website is laurelws.com. I encourage you to visit that website. It's got a lot of great information there. Uh, Steve's also a fiduciary, been helping folks for more than 20 years. And uh, and this, and One of the things that you do, Steve, is you train other advisors on how to do That transition from uh, acquisition to you know distribution and and, you know preservation.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's uh, absolutely. I've been doing this a long time. I've been doing it over 20 years, uh, specifically on retirement distribution planning. And I definitely would encourage people to go to the website laurelws.com because we put up a lot of content. Uh, So some financial websites uh, you might have gone onto in the past, they you know they're just kind of BS pages about the advisor. This I actually have video content. Um, you can listen to past episodes of the show on the podcast. I write a blog every week, so you can see how my my thoughts of what's going on in the market. So there is really a lot of content on the website. So I would encourage you to go uh, to go see it.
1: Laurelws.com. That, again, is the website. And um, so you talk about life and stages. And I, I, and so we all know when, when retirement, there's the, uh, the go-go, the slow-go, the no-go years. But thought it might be interesting to take a different approach today. Let's take retirement and compare it to a wedding, right? So mm-hmm. the first thing we're going to do is plan that wedding, right? So we got to plan for retirement. That's the first step. And, and again, that's the really the most important part.
0: Yeah. No, it's, uh, you know, hopefully you get to choosing that you're you've already done a good enough job saving to where you're just basically choosing frosting and and you're not having to you're not having to figure out how to how to pay for the venue Um, (laughs) but you know the 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 sooner you start the 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 more likely you're going to be prepared when you get there so planning time is the you know is, is critical so if you if you know you want to retire at say 63 or 64 and you start saving at 40 then you'll have a much easier time than the person who's starting at 59
1: right. and
0: so but if you find yourself in that latter situation if you're it doesn't mean you can't retire it just means you're going to have to do you're going to have to be a little bit more aggressive about and take advantage of some of the opportunities out there meaning maxing out your um retirement plan contributions, which we talk about a lot on this show. Um trying to maybe if you have, depending on your spending goal, if you're going to need a little bit more, maybe carving out um a little bit bigger piece of your portfolio to be aggressive. So there's it anyone can retire. It's all about which which trade offs and choices you make. Sure. And so you know that's that's number one. Number two is you need to have a vision of what you want to do in retirement. Right. So um, the person who has these grandiose plans and wants to spend every week traveling, that's, that's great, um, but that requires more money and hence more planning because you're going to have a lot of expenses and a lot of cash needs in those early years of retirement. Whereas the person who's just basically planning to retire and babysit the grandkids three times a week, um, maybe that retirement's not that, that expensive. And so one of the reasons I wrote the book is because there's been a trend in our industry to try and jam retirement distribution planning into like cookie cutter portfolios, right? And to say like your green line or your orange money or that's it, it it's complete garbage because every person has a different goal for retirement. And the spending patterns of retirees are vastly different. There's no one set kind of lifestyle cost. And You know, I've seen people who have several million dollars saved for retirement that don't have enough because they live such extravagant lifestyles and they want to do they want to do and spend so much money. Um, And then I've seen people retire on less than one hundred thousand dollars, but they're they have Social Security and maybe a small pension and they're they're able to live well within those means. And so it just, um, you know, it's really contingent on your lifestyle, which is, which means that if you haven't given this stuff thought pre-retirement, that's the first step. That's the most important, is to create that well-defined goal, to actually sit down and think about, all right, where do I want to live in retirement? Who, who are my social interactions going to be with? Do I want to live near those people? I'm going to have to travel to see those people. What are the types of activities I want to do in retirement? These are the most critical questions, because once you know that, then you can figure out ballpark what that's going to cost and then that becomes the whole basis of your planning
1: sure well and again so we're talking about the various stages so pre-retirement obviously that's a big one the shortest stage i think is going to be you know the day that you actually retire you know you you shake hands you you, you know you have a cake you clean out your desk you're out the door right
0: yeah goodbye tension hello pension
1: uh, <laughs> i like you that. have a uh, i like that a lot yeah. Yeah. So, you you know, you get the,
0: hopefully you get, hopefully they like you enough to throw you a party if you've been retiring after a long time of working there. Right. Um, but yeah, you, the, the, the actual day that you retire is important because it's, if, if nothing else, from a psychological standpoint, the hope is, is that, that, that is the big day and you're not going back to work. <laughs> right. So, right. Um, so, you know, you want to make sure that you are prepared for that day. And, um, and that means, having your paperwork if you have um, like for example i work with a lot of federal employees that you you don't just retire you have to usually hand in paperwork to your hr which then goes to the office of personnel management and you want to make sure that that paperwork is in good order and that there's not mistakes that can delay you know if you're getting a pension uh the the start of your pension plan and and things of that nature so um it's not just it's not just hey I'm leaving in two weeks, you know, for a lot of us, because there's things that need to be considered, especially if your, your company offers pension. Um, but even if they don't, you know, what to do with your 401k, how are you going to allocate your 401k in retirement? Should you roll it over? These are all decisions that you want to um, have made before that big day
1: sure well and again the big day we can compare that to you know the wedding day uh and then what happens oh we got the honeymoon everything is cherry and rosy everything is great right yeah so in the honeymoon phase
0: you know you're basically what you're looking at there is that's the aspirational stuff that you've been wanting to do in retirement and that's the reason why there is no cookie cutter retirement uh distribution plan because everyone's Kind of bucket list or aspirational items that they want to do in retirement is different. And a lot of us are going to do those in the first kind of two years of retirement. So that's kind of the honeymoon phase. And you probably honeymoon was probably two weeks, if that. But uh, figure the first two years of retirement is the honeymoon
1: phase. Sure. And again, things start to happen at that point and And um, so you get to a point where you realize, well, okay, so this is, this, this is it. I mean, this, this, yeah, <laughs> yeah so but it's so important. I call have- this the cable, the cable
0: news phase. Okay. Um, unfortunately, I think more than like a third of America spends more than four hours a day watching cable news uh, in their seventies. And so wow. you know, if you haven't really thought about what is going to be your new identity in retirement, that, those are the types of questions we ask. And that's what we put together when we put together a plan for you. We're gonna we're gonna spend time in that first meeting talking about your well-defined goal. And for for many people, they find that's the first time they've had, anyone's ever asked them those questions, or they've even ever really given it any thought. And so it's important because that's the ultimately the main thing is you want to have a kind of a, a roadmap of the things that you want to do and the and the new the new challenges you want to take on in your life. And that's something we'll help you do. And uh, we we offer that service every week to our listeners. So please give us a call.
1: Take advantage of the offer. No cost, no obligation, but it is a chance to to put together that plan that can help get you to where you need to be in retirement. 800-705-9995. 800-705-9995. Listeners have
0: questions, and we have answers. That and more when we come right back.
1: Hey, we are back on The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Uh, Steve, of course, uh, b- best-selling author, cookie-cut this, retirement distribution strategies for the nonconformists. That's really kind of what we've been hitting on today. Steve's also president and founder of Laurel Wealth Solutions. The website is laurelws.com. And, uh, Steve's uh, again, you've got your fiduciary, you're independent, you've got 20-plus years' experience. You have lived through some times like we're experiencing right now, haven't you? Yeah. And you've helped people get to retirement through these times.
0: I have. I had clients that were retiring in 2002. I had clients that were retiring in 2007, 2008. Um, I had clients that were retiring in 2018. A lot of people forget about that, but the market dropped about 19% when the Fed started raising rates in 2018, which scared a lot of people. I had clients that were retiring in 2020 in, in March when COVID hit in the market. That was pretty scary then, too, so... Um, This is not the first time we've had scary markets. Um, It is the first time we've had really high inflation in a long time. But um, there are there's still plenty of positive things going on and anyone can retire. It's about it's about figuring out the right way to get to get to where you want to get to.
1: Well, it's the plan. I mean, it truly is. And we talked about that in the last segment uh, as well as how important that is. And um, so let's see on that note, let's go ahead and jump into some of these questions here before we run out of time. Uh, Ben is wondering, he says, I'm inheriting a small IRA this year. Can I wait until year 10 after the death of my father to take the full distribution? Or do I have to follow a required minimum distribution schedule and take out some every year for 10 years?
0: Great question, Ben. So They changed the rules a couple of years ago. Um, So you don't take out, and I'm assuming, uh, I think you said your father passed away recently, or I don't know if it's not in the question, but I'm assuming he did. Um, So if you're under the new rules, you don't have to take a required minimum distribution. Uh, You do have to liquidate the account within 10 years, but you could take it all out in the 10th year if you wanted to.
1: Okay. So, I mean, again, yeah, because there, I would guess there's some confusion there. Uh, so, yeah, that is a great question. Thanks, Ben. 800-705-9995 if you want to learn some more. Uh, Jimmy has a question. Jimmy says, I'm 62 years old trying to manage what I have in my stocks, and I've been looking into annuities. Now, this product sounds great because of fixed funds, but I don't know much about them. What are the pros and cons of annuities versus stocks? Wow. Have you got three hours? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: That's, there's a lot to unpack in that question, Jimmy. But let's let, let me just tell you this. If you're looking at fixed annuities as an alternative to stocks, they are not. They are not an alternative to stocks. So if the money that you have invested in stocks is allocated properly, meaning you've done kind of the time-segmented bucket approach that we talk about, and that stock money is invested for growth, replacing it with a fixed annuity... Is, is not the way to go. Fixed annuities and fixed indexed annuities are really designed to be an alternative to bonds, not to be an alternative to stocks. Um, so the pro of the annuity obviously versus the stock is that your principal is guaranteed. The con is that they're long-term products. The earnings, if you're buying it with after-tax money, are going to be taxed as income as opposed to taxed as capital gain. Um, there's no step up on death, whereas the stocks would receive a step up on death when you pass away, meaning that your beneficiaries don't have to pay taxes on your gains, whereas in the annuity they would. So, um, when you compare it to a stock, they're vastly different investments. When you compare it to a bond, a fixed annuity is significantly better in a lot of cases because the, uh, fixed annuity, a lot of times will provide you a guaranteed income for life. Um, It's consistent. It doesn't uh, change like a lot of bond funds do. Your principal is guaranteed or protected. So um, it's not going to drop when interest rates go up like a bond fund would. So if if you're looking at fixed annuities, I would say look at them with the bond piece of your portfolio, not with the stock piece of your portfolio. But this is something that we would talk about in the context of your plan. And if you sit down with us, we'll put together that plan and we'll show you if fixed annuities has a place in your portfolio.
1: Sure. 800-705-9995. Jimmy, sounds like uh, Steve could help you there. George is wondering, uh, he says, I have to start taking my required minimum distributions this year, and I have three different IRAs. Should I take some money from each account or take it all from one? There's a pretty common question.
0: Yeah, this is a great question, George, and it's one that I'm sure a lot of listeners have. You can take your RMD from any of your accounts. It doesn't have to, as long as you take the right amount for all three in the aggregate. Uh, It could come from any of the accounts. The question is, is which account should you take it from? And so let's just say, uh, and if you're out there, maybe you you have the same situation. Maybe you have three IRAs. Maybe you have one in the bank that's sitting in like a CD or an IRA money market. You have one that's in a stock portfolio and you have one that's say in a fixed annuity. And so the question is, which, which one should you take the distribution from or should you take it evenly? Well, if the stock portfolio is down, maybe you want to leave that stock IRA alone and take from either the annuity or the bank. So now let's take it one step forward further. George said this is his first year taking required minimum distributions. Let's just say, one, so we're, we're saying because the stock market is down, we're not going to touch the stock one. So now we have to take the minimum distribution for all three accounts across two of those accounts. Should you take it from the bank where you might, let's just say, George is getting 2% on his bank IRA, Um, or should he take it from the fixed annuity? Now let's say that fixed annuity has an income rider that gives him a deferral credit of say 7% a year every year until he starts taking income. Well, he'd be much smarter to take his minimum distribution from the bank assets where they're only paying him 2%. And to let that annuity defer another year and get another 7% on his, on his income base. So that's why all of these decisions should be done in the context of a plan, which is why it's so important to work with someone who's guiding you and saying, hey, look, this is the right place to take the distribution this year.
1: Absolutely great stuff. 807059995. Uh, I like that breakdown. Uh let's see if we got time for one more. Let's go to Lauren. Uh if I'm no longer employed, can I roll over a 403b plan into an IRA or do a Roth conversion? Lauren, you could do either, but
0: first the 403b plan would have to go into the IRA and then you could convert it into a Roth afterwards. Um most 403b plans are not going to let you um don't have, you know, you can't just go directly to Roth uh, and convert. So usually there's an intermediate intermediate step of moving it into an IRA. Since you're no longer employed, you should be able to roll that 403B into an IRA. Um, depending on, you know, if you're no longer employed and you're looking for work, or if you think you're going to be unemployed for a while and you're going to have lower income this year, doing the Roth conversion might make sense because you'll theoretically be in a, lower tax bracket. But again, uh, great question. But these are you always want to make these decisions in the context of a plan. So we would want to look at what your prospective tax bracket is and what the tax liability is. And if you have money set aside um, to be able to pay for the taxes on that Roth conversion. So there's a lot of moving parts that go into it. But uh, the short answer is yes, you could do that. Okay. And, um, you know, we'd love to sit down with you. So I think that's all the time we have, um, but uh, great questions this week.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, right. We're about out of time. Let's invite folks to call one last time today, Steve. What are they going to get? Yeah, so we, we, we do have a
0: couple spots. If people want to uh, give us a call, uh, please, please call in. We would love to sit down with you. We would love to put together that roadmap, give you your individualized plan, and uh, we love helping out our listeners, and thank you uh, for listening.
1: And again, give us a call, 800-705-9995. Again, 800-705-9995. There's no cost. There's no obligation to uh, come on in, sit down, and just get that financial roadmap put together. Steve, as always, a pleasure to be here and to uh, have these conversations. The information's great, and uh, we really appreciate
0: it. Yeah, no, I love doing it, and I'll be back here again next Sunday evening. Thanks for listening.
1: Information on this program is educational in nature and is not intended to be a recommendation for any specific investment product, strategy, plan, or other purposes. Information presented is believed to be factual and up-to-date, but we do not guarantee its accuracy and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of subjects discussed. Prior to making any investment or financial decisions, an investor should always seek advice from a financial, insurance, legal, or tax professional that takes into account all of the particular facts and circumstances of an investor's own situation. Laurel Wealth Solutions and or Stephen Crusoe offer investment advisory and financial planning services through Bellpoint Asset Management LLC, an investment advisor registered with Securities and Exchange Commission. Registration with the SEC should not be construed to imply that the SEC has approved or endorsed qualifications or the services Bellpoint Asset Management offers, or that its personnel possesses a particular level of skill, expertise, or training. Coach P Radio.